Here it is, podcast. Sunday, November 29th. <laughs> we, I remembered uh, this time. Me and Jason back at it. Got a special guest tonight. Uh, Dr. Jared Rogers has joined us. Uh, Jared, tell him what you're a doctor of. Forensic psychology. Forensic psychology. So what do you do in forensic psychology? Man, I... What I like to think we do is what you see on TV and study, you know, serial killers, things like, like that. You're that guy on SVU that, that shows up. and That's who I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. That's who I wanted to be. Right. I got into this because of watching Silence of the Lamb. Yeah. So that's what got me started in this. And Fair that's enough. what I wanted yeah. to do. And then I graduate, and after that huge tuition that I owe now, uh, I shoot documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, so, with your with your documentaries, what do you do with that? Man, we're looking at the aftermath of addiction. Oh. So we're trying to give it a new perspective. Uh, there's a million documentaries out there on addiction, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to show what happens after the person's gone, and we're trying to show people what's left behind, and um, hmm. we're trying to give them a preview of what could be in their lives. And right. We're trying to change lives. I mean, we just want to change them. If we change one life, we're going to change Yeah, you're talking more of the, the, the like if somebody had like maybe lost their lives from a, a, an overdose? Or... Yeah, we want the people who are addicted now to look at them and realize that that could be them. And right. so we're trying to educate and show people, the families, those surrounding, those addicted, the warning signs. Yeah. And what to look for. We're just trying to provide a... just. A crazy amount of education on this topic. Right. Um, yeah, addiction is definitely um, a terrible thing. My my best friend in the world, you know, was, you know, addicted to, to heroin. And he was more of a maintenance heroin guy. But, um, you know, he ended, it ended up uh, destroying him and he took his life because of it. So, you know. So that's kind of an unseen aspect that you know, a lot of people don't get. It's like this is, it's not just the actual event, like when somebody overdoses or, you know, suicide, something like that. It's what happens afterwards to everybody, you know, everybody around them. Absolutely. Right. And it doesn't, it's just like a, an, an addict's life doesn't just affect them. Right. Mm-hmm. There's so many that it affects around them. When my stepfather, he was a doctor in Vegas and he was addicted to oxycodone. And so he's, his heart stopped in my arms. And he fell to the ground. His heart started beating again. Two days later, he died anyway. Wow. You know, so... Yeah. I mean... I mean, and it's just not illegal drugs. It's, you know, it's pharmaceutical drugs. People definitely, you know, the opioid crisis inside, you know, the United States is is a a terrible thing. It's destroyed towns. Like, I grew up in the Northeast, and there's a lot of places that are just, like, it's nothing like it was before because of of that. But, you know, I, I think people need to be more... I think they need to be held accountable. The people that are able, like even doctors, need to be held accountable. Right. Yeah, I would yeah. Agree with that. yeah, yeah. But you know, like even like the guys like Pfizer and Minerva and all them guys who like produce these drugs, they they already knew. You know, even though they told us it was not addictive. And it's hard to maintain accountability, <laughs> especially you know, it's uh, pharmaceutical right. companies haven't had a good track record of doing that. So. Right, and they've got plenty of money. That's what that's, I'm, that's the, the thing. Yeah. You know, they've got, <laughs> they've got plenty of money, and all they do is just pay out the lawsuits and go and move on to the next one. So, yeah, so you, you can know, find somebody over many million dollars, but that's not doesn't really make a dent in you when you're when you're you know a business, sixty billion yeah. dollar operation. Yeah, and I hate to say you're it's a moral issue, <laughs> but what's a, what, what's what's morals these days? You know, right? Yeah, so, I mean, my <laughs> stepfather was a doctor, and he would write prescriptions, you know, for 
someone else, one of his patients, they would go cash it in, bring him back, and then he would write it for whatever they want. Uh, And, of course, I didn't have the knowledge back then, so I didn't know what I was looking for. So the signs were there. Looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I missed all these signs. And now I'm just, you know, I didn't know then what I know now. He didn't have the information. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, my like I said, my friend was just, he he just addicted to, you know, regular heroin. You know, he never got on pills or anything. But he never, like, shot heroin or anything. He would drip it in his nose and mix it with water and drip it in his nose. And, but he was always, he used to tell me it always made him normal. You know, but I I think, you know, it, it was, you know... And then his dad died, and I think just that his dad dying, and he, of course, it caused him plenty of problems in and out of jail, and oh, I'm sure, yeah. you know, and just well, he loved and the, his real his real love was actually crack. <laughs> just to be honest with you, that's was his true love because he would just disappear. And... Well, everybody's got their mental yeah. turmoil that yeah. drives them to something. Right. Uh, we were talking before we started this about the lady I interviewed. And it started like, I don't have, in, none of these documentaries are scripted. Right. I go in there, I literally ask one question, and then we just kind of roll with it from there. Because I want the initial reactions. I don't want them to know what I'm going to ask, yeah, what right. we're going to yeah. talk about. Right. I want to have heavily edited. Right. right. I, I want or be prepared to, to answer the question in a way that may exactly. seem contrived. Exactly. <laughs> and and that, that's just it. I don't want any kind of preparation. I want people to sit here and say, Oh my God, how do I answer that? Well, that's part of the informative part, too, is having something like that that doesn't seem like something you can just kind of ignore. I'm like, no, these are real people, and this is what happens. Here we go. Yeah. Well, talking to this lady, Kay, man, sweet lady, sweet lady, actually reminded me of some family members of mine, but I was speaking to her, and she started off by saying, you know, the addiction was an addiction, was not an addiction at first. And at 18 years old, she was kidnapped and brutally raped by a serial rapist. And yeah. she was looking for something to numb her pain. Right. And, you know, and that's how the addiction started. But right. and, then, and, then, and then go forward, she's clean now four years. She just lost her daughter. So even still, like she's managed to conquer the saying, you know, come on the other side of it. And still you're affected by it. And still it could be the other people in your life, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, she wants people to understand that this is a, a real a, a real issue like diabetes right. or right. cancer. Yeah, yeah definitely, like definitely. I totally agree with you on that. Um, you know, if you know anybody who's you know heavily addicted to drugs, try to be the the reason of voice. Yeah, you know? I mean, sometimes when I look back, you know, I thought maybe I was helping my friend, but you know, maybe I was just enabling him. Well, I mean, you know? <laughs> I don't know. So well, those that are things it. that I think about sometimes. I look at my stepfather. Of course, he was a doctor, an MD, mm-hmm. surgeon, all that good stuff. And he had a saline. He was in a motorcycle accident. So he had a port in his arm. Oh, wow. I kept giving him fluids. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his saline, which was clear, turned blue one day. Hmm. And I didn't. I was that? like, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. And it was a, li- a liquid oxycodone. Oh. I've never oh. seen it before. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, no, 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 give it to me. It's a new kind of saline. Oh, wow. I said, man, I was in my 20s. Yeah, how are you going to yeah, know? How are you going to know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I just, True that. That's the first time. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that, yeah, actually, I've never seen it other than that either. So, I don't know... You know, I just, I don't know how he yeah, well, I think there, I mean, there's a lot of people that'll try to hide it, right? They don't want people to know. They don't want to be judged or they don't want to stop or I don't know what the psychology is behind right. it, but. Well, that's what I learned. I went to a recovery community um, the other day to film some interviews and they said, never be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to regret not asking one day. Right. And that's All where right. a lot of us are. You know, we didn't ask. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're hoping to educate. Those signs, like. 
you know, when the lies start not making sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's well, huge. Yeah. If anybody's ever done, dealt with an addict, we know that, you know, lies and, you know, and deceit become kind of part of the addiction. It's not, well, it's yeah, just because they need to feed it and they don't the, know what to do because... And 20 bucks becomes 100 bucks. 100 bucks and, and on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously we could talk about Hunter Biden and his addiction at the same rate, you know, and, and his dad allows it, really, you know. <laughs> Man, here's the thing. It's never an issue... Until it's an issue, you know what I mean? And the only way I can say to describe that is it's never an issue until it starts to affect you personally. It's just like, you know, when Doc went, we called him Doc, of course, Uh, but when he (laughs) went to the hospital, I was just, my mom called me, he's like, oh, Doc coded. And my reaction to that was, hey, man, this happens all the time. Yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. And now he wasn't. This this isn't the first time this has ever happened. Correct. Correct. So I was just like, I was used to it, man. We were all used to it, and yeah. we didn't understand why it was happening. He said it was because circulation, heart. He gave us all these different excuses. Well, he has the information available to do that. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And of course, me being in my twenties, not having any form of education right, you're still, you know, you're still your dad is still like your, you know, your guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was my hero. Yeah. You know, he was my Superman, and right. just all of a sudden, he just he fell. Right. Yeah. You know, it was rough, man. Yeah. But, Oh yeah, man. We're hoping to we're hoping to change lives. Man. Good, good. That's a great thing because um, definitely need uh, more people out there doing better things for people yeah. right now, for sure. That's a good way to do it. Cause <laughs> I haven't thought about it. like because they do show you like you know, addicts going through treatment or something like that, or discovering that they're addicts. But there's not really a whole lot of content out there that shows you know afterwards like the other people are trying to pick their lives back up and stuff. Like that, right, so. are the people that they left behind that it affected? <laughs> right, absolutely. And you don't. It, it does, it's not like you wake up in three weeks and you're like, right. oh man, I'm cured. I'm fine. Yeah, you know, he's no. gone. I'm oh, gone. that was you're rough. Never, yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's <laughs> really you're not cured I, ever. I will say this: I would change everything to get that stress back in my life. Yeah. You know, it was stressful mm-hmm. because yeah. I was always taking care of him. Right. I mean, he couldn't walk because of his accident, so I had to take him a cup to pee in and go empty it out and clean the cup and. Right. And I have obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> this wasn't working well for me. So, but you do it because you love the person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I True. just didn't know to ask questions. I should yeah. have asked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like maybe a little the same boat, but um, but uh, yeah, interesting topic there. So, so, what made you want to go that far in uh, the the field that you're in to? Oh, you're gonna laugh. Your man. I had a 1.92 GPA in high school, man. <laughs> so you're off to a good start. I mean, I was, you're I was well awful. on your way. Yeah, yeah, I was awful, man. I hated school. I still hate school. <laughs> um, so I ended up going into college. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get my associate's degree. I was just becoming a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 29 years old. I'm like, I'm gonna join college. Went to University of Phoenix. It was great, man. Okay. Got my associate's degree in psychology. It was cool. Then I found out, okay, I can. Just get my bachelor's degree in a couple more years from there. I mean, all right. Why not? not much I can do with my associates. Right. Let's yeah. shoot for it. And, you know, school was easy. I had a 3.92 at this point. So I was like, no way. Okay, I'm right. better. Yeah, yeah. I'm better at this. <laughs> What's this thing called focus? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I get in there and I do that. And then they're like, well, you can get your master's uh, after your thing in a year and a half. And I was just like, I'd be stupid not to. Two. So I went there, <laughs> and then come to find out, I did most of my forensic psychology courses in my yeah. master's. So I was like, "Oh, 
Let's just rock, man. So, so forensic science kind of led, maybe it probably helps you out in what you're doing right now if you're doing the documentary and talking to people because I guess you get to kind of like look at the psychology of, you know, what they, what, what that person may be going through or, yeah. or maybe what, what led them to down that road. I don't know. Well, it, it, it's, it's so interesting when you actually get out there and you start meeting people, yeah. you realize the books don't know shit. Right. They really don't. It's like if you're not learning in the field, you're not learning. Right. And the books will get you. It's like I can tell you what OCD is and, you know. Right. They give you the clinical the clinical diagnosis of it. Absolutely. And then <laughs> you go through all the stuff and then you realize that none of the treatments that they're saying in these books are working. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they're handling everybody the exact Excellent. same. They're not handling the individual. No, exactly. Every <laughs> mind is unique, and they're not. They're not right. handling that. They're like, okay, well, we're going to put you in this type of treatment. What this is doing, we're going to recondition your mind. You I imagine it just it on. covers kind of a broad spectrum, and it's sort of a catch-all sort of solution. Like you said, when you deal with individuals, it doesn't really work, especially when you deal with Changes. anything that might be mental. But that's really, if you're going to fix any of that, that's it's kind of has to be individually based i mean you can group things and narrow things down a lot but at some point like i said until you do field work and actually get up there and, and yeah. figure it out yeah. you're not really gonna be able to come up with a solution well, i was in i think i was going into my master's degree when i worked at the mental health institution mm-hmm. and that door is just ever revolving with the same right. people i mean oh, and, okay. yeah. and then working downtown for as many years yeah, as sure. i did balancing a lot of those people were homeless individuals. Individuals. Instead of taking them to jail, they would take them to the institution. Right. And I'm just like, so now not only have you given these guys a record for being homeless, (laughs) and now they have a mental disposition, and they give them generic medicine, and they get these bottom of the totem pole doctors that come in there, and they're just like, well, I'm a doctor. So literally, I watched a doctor tell a judge uh, he's not ready to be released. The guy got mad at him in the hallway, and, and the guy released the doctor released him. Yeah, I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, See, that's the thing too. Like, you know, my friend who who took his own life, he was in and out of a lot of different rehabs and and dealt with, you know, and he was kind of he was he was a smart man. Just he, he may have been on drugs, but he was very smart and and he kind of understood how the system worked and saw it. He goes, he goes, really, he goes, most of the homeless people are schizophrenic. A lot of them. He goes, a lot of those guys are schizophrenic and people don't We're, realize it, you know, and, and then they get stuck out though. there and they get stuck out there on the street and then they can't get their medicines and they lose their fucking mind. And he goes, and then, you know, he goes, then it comes time for like quota time inside like the, the jails and stuff or when their budgets are getting ready to get examined, they'll go out there and they'll nab those guys up and they'll, they call them batteries and chuck them into jail. That's what I was You know, he goes, about. I remember being in jail and like they'd throw the homeless guys in there and just take yeah. their meds away from them. They'd just be in there fucking screaming their heads off Jeez. all fucking night. You said your friend said that most of them are schizophrenic. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally, and you can't ex- expect anything less because having that condition... Yeah just gets reinforced First, with the people that walk over them every day on the streets and just yeah. don't look at them so they're forced to talk to themselves so that's right. just going to get worse and worse yeah. but he said it's terrible he said it was terrible he said they put them in there and take their medications away and they just scream all night long and, wow. and then they go in there and then, then, then the hacks would go in there and beat the shit out of them and and then he goes, and then a couple of days, like they'd hold them just long enough so they didn't have to charge them with anything. And then, like, they'd do the budget review, and, and, and then they were all gone. It's a dangerous cycle. Yeah. <laughs> dangerous cycle. So I wonder about the money aspect of it. Because aren't there, like, how many of these rehab programs, to go back more into the drug side right. of it, are actually legitimate? Aren't there some that have been basically scams? Like, they'll yeah. send people these, these rehab areas and you'll go make moccasins for six months and they'll kick you back out. 
like it's you're in there making dream catchers like you know you were addicted to heroin right it's not it's not a simple thing man it's i'll tell you right now there are no cures right now right you know i Mm -hmm. mean in the way society is going no matter what side of the fence you're leaning on it's just Society sucks right yeah. now, and it's just people's mental state is going right. down. That was, yeah. that was, you know, one of the conversations that I had with my friend. He said he goes one time. He goes he was in, you know, kind of more of a private rehab, and he said he was in group, and the doctor came in and sat down, and you know, he said, there was probably like maybe six of us in this group, mm-hmm. and he goes he looked at all of us and he goes the state of Pennsylvania doesn't want you to get better. <laughs> That's a good way to start. <laughs> and he's like, and he goes. People. Because they don't want you to get better. Well, there you have it. They want you. They want you. They want you to stay yeah. an addict. Oh, they want you to stay an addict. He goes, and he looked at one guy. And he goes, he goes. So when you're coming in on 95 and you see that big sign, that big billboard up there with the hypodermic needle that says "Don't do drugs," what do you think about? He goes, "Well, I think about doing heroin." He goes, "Exactly." He goes, "The state of Pennsylvania doesn't want you to get better. We want you to get better." That's, you know. that's the difference also between you know. government ran and private. Right. And he just sat yeah. there and he was like, and my friend Bernie, he goes, I've been through a lot of this shit. And he goes, I knew how to talk <clears> to these people and tell them a bunch of horse shit and, you know, and make them feel all warm and fuzzy about me and, <laughs> and manipulate them. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I actually listened to this guy. And what you just said is part of the reason we're trying to educate people yeah. because those doctors, they don't, they don't know what, the li- the lies right. if they're far fetched if they're based off truth if you know if yeah, this is if true. this is actual right. truth yeah. that's why it's so important to have the families involved right. and have them understand the signs and come forth start asking questions because when it comes to therapy there is no individual therapy you need that family to be there right you right need, or, or whatever loved ones you have yeah right. that's or or are, are, are ones that are willing to yeah, actually right. come back in maybe some of them have been there in the front mm-hmm. and maybe gotten you know shafted over like oh he got out he fucking went dirty i let him in the house and he fucking made off of my tv yeah, well you know <laughs> and, 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 and one big point which you know like human to, beings tend to have a thing with trust <laughs> right <laughs> one thing we like to we like to incorporate is the fact that you know, a lot of addicts out there, they have children, they have brothers. I mean, right. you know, everybody has parents, you right. know, of course. But, you know, you focus on those people and think, and that's what we want to show the aftermath because we want you to understand what happens when you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. great. That's a, that's a good way to to look at it. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, like I said, it's, we don't know the solution, but this is a new way uh, for people to look at things. And, uh, yeah. So if there's a big bang, it's because Chris is firing up the heat. I know, yeah. We're going to crank up the heat here. <laughs> this heat is from like 1986. Oh, it is. It looks very 80s. This is how fancy the here. Synth music should play is. every time you light this thing. Well, no wonder you don't yeah. have a heater, man. You picked me up in a limo. <laughs> yeah, well, I made you drive yourself here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to get the dinner, but you're like, ah, it's all right. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, but man, yeah. It's, uh, it just, and it, 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 it feels like, man, you talk to these people who've lost someone, and every story is so unique. And oh, yeah, I and imagine. It hits them in such a unique fashion, man, and everybody handles it differently. Yeah, you know? that's the truth. So, it's a rough go, man, it's a rough go, but we'll get there. Yeah. We'll make the changes. So, being somebody that seems to spend a fair amount of time understanding people, uh... 
Well, why, why were you a bouncer, Priscilla? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you know, that's that. How, how do well, that's, that's the perfect study seeing... of people in the world. Exactly, man. <laughs> it seems like that's the perfect start of, like, a sitcom. Like, he's a bouncer, but he's also a doctor. And, like, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I got, in, I got into bouncing. Um, fuck, it's been so long. I forget, actually, who got me into bouncing. But um, I started over at Music City Bar and Grill. Yeah. And uh, love that place. Still love that place, man. They've yeah. redone it and it yeah. looks good. Yeah, I've been over there. Since it's changed. Oh, yeah, man. Last time I went in there, I'm like, I don't know anybody anymore. I guess I'm just going to go. I don't think you recognize <laughs> it if you walked in there anyway. Yeah. Now they say it's like really Even within the past looks really nice. year, obviously, a lot of stuff's changed down there since. Yeah. Well, man, I got in there and like Chris said, man, it's the perfect place to truly understand human behavior. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. You come, yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. A sad it's like story, everybody's man. a gang and a tribe inside there. Oh, yeah, dude. It's just like, all right, what, what are you coming in? The Crips are over here. The Bloods are over there. You know? It's like, you know, Latin like, Kings. Like, yeah, yeah, you guys are in the back. It's like, well, the crazy, those crazy I mean, Bloods are over there are going to cause a fight with those guys because they're going to trip those. Everything's a microcosm of itself. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, you can pick them out. Yeah. So you can, like, walk down the line and look at people and say, okay, this dude's here by himself. Mm-hmm. He's got his hand in his pocket, his head slapped. He's yeah. here to drink and cause problems. Yeah, shit. Yeah, no, let's, let's get him. Let's pass him down to... Uh, Buffett's place. Yeah. <laughs> Here, go get some margarita. Like, you milk. need some, you, you need you need to go find your lost You're like, shaker this is of salt. Making it worse, like I know, but I don't want you here. You have to, give, <laughs> you have to go find your lost shaker of salt. Okay, <laughs> Jimmy Buffs down the road. <laughs> it's funny because as soon as we get rid of those guys, they do. They go start some shit some other bar. And yeah, it's rough. Just man. go punch a parrot. But now, no, I, I think like inside, like you know, inside the I guess the system, in the, the bouncing system, you probably have friends down there, so you kind of like, hey, look out, look out for a fucking guy in the the the, the, the Boston hat with a jersey on. He's kind of an ass. We just kicked him out. Well, well, <laughs> I was about to say, hey, but that is a pretty accurate description. Honestly, yeah. I worked at a honky tonk there, and of course, it was own the owner owned two other three other bars, two or three other bars. Mm-hmm. So there was. A radio up top, you could get on there and, and you could tell people like, call the other head look, out, oh, okay. look out for this dickhead. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure a busy night's like Friday, Saturday, you know, when you know shit's gonna get crazy at some point. Like, you want to be able to communicate a little bit. Tuesdays were the worst. I don't okay. understand what it was about really, Tuesdays. Like Tuesdays, huh? Yeah, man. And it's not because the huge crowd came in. It's because the no. assholes came in. Oh. Like, like the guys who were there. Like They were all pissed off because Monday is another disappointment in the <laughs> disappointment of their entirety of their lives. So Tuesday is the day they take it out on everybody else. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. That's it. It's not Monday. It's not Friday, man. It's t- we're fighting on t- Tuesday. T- Tuesday. Tuesday's <laughs> asshole day. <laughs> we're fighting Tuesday. Come on. Come on down. It's two for one asshole day here. Like, Jesus, get a different job, man. Come on. <laughs> the fuck down oh, <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you a sad story though man there was this guy and he came up to me probably once a week and started a fight with me every week it was like on clockwork it was like alright guys it's 7 o'clock I got Donald gone. so you don't need <laughs> the MMA that's your sparring it's like you got your sparring partner it's gonna show up it's gonna help you, you know? the majority <laughs> of these guys took themselves out let's be honest because they were so drunk it's just like Wait for it, wait for it, and yeah. then they trip. And I'm like, <laughs> and cuff them. <laughs> Get them out of here. It was done, man. But this guy came down every week, and he tried starting shit. He tried, he crinkled up a tin can, man, twisted it, and tried stabbing me with it. I was like, dude, you that got an A for effort. I mean, yeah. that was excellent. Take that creativity, maybe uh, take a CAD class. It's like, ah, it's like yeah, you've been going to jail something. too much. I know, man. I know. It's just like, why does this shank smell like shit? <laughs> but he gets there, and dude, I felt so bad for this guy because he was an, he was an older guy. When I say older, man, he's probably in his 
fifties, but he looked like he was in his seventies. That's probably too old to be yeah. twisting up an Addy light and stuff. Yeah, like and taking yeah. on a young guy. First of all, you're never too old <laughs> to be twisting a can of shaking. But so we walk in, and he comes up, and he goes like, "It's finally." I was like, "I can't do this shit anymore, man. I had I had to have the cops take him out because now he was like putting people's yeah, lives in danger." Getting you know? sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Turns out his name's Donald. The cop told me exactly who it was. Well, he has a wife. No. Okay, that's right. <laughs> he has a wife, a kids, and a house to go to, but he can't stop drinking. So his wife won't let him come. Ooh, home. that's serious. So he lives though. on the streets. So he still has like a family and yeah, everything he's probably like that. Gone by like, now, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but yeah, so his family, his wife, yeah, he like, has, you're a, not he has a family here. and everything, and yeah, just see. refuses to go home because he won't quit drinking. Damn, that is sad. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a sad thing. Yeah. Oh, so it's, I, I didn't. I, I know she she wanted. You know, I, I never. Re- she never told me to stop drinking. Well, yeah, she did a few times, but I just said, come on home anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking it. here, god damn it. There's been times where it's like, all right, let's, let's, take, uh, let's take some time oh, off. Take some time wasted. off of drinking. <laughs> Man, well, I tell you, it's, um, you guys are lighting my Christmas spirit today. <laughs> good stories, good people. <laughs> But yeah, man, I was uh, actually coming to yeah. your neighborhood. It was awesome because I was like, I really feel like yeah, I'm they driving were, through they, the Griswolds neighborhood here. Yeah, you yeah. should go like to to the neighborhood yeah, over here. There's a guy who's like, you have to go like tune in the radio station, and it's synced. His oh, house oh and, he is. I've heard about him. Yeah, he's synced to the to the radio station that he makes up, and oh, that's the music funny. in his house plays. That's too. Cool. He used to like just blast it. <laughs> through it like he used to blast through the neighbors love that shit <laughs> yeah that was the problem turn like, it down Clark the, yeah. I mean the, the, the lights are crazy full. enough the, yeah. light, the lights are crazy enough but now it's just you go there and the lights are it's just like blanking, Randy Quaid's like, house sequence and stuff but you go up and turn the radio on you can just jam <laughs> yourself now hey man I'll yeah. It is cool. Yeah. Tell me where to go from here when I leave. I'll, I'll That's what I'm saying. Not there, Clark's an RV. Don't you go fall in love with her. We're taking her out of here and we leave in a month. <laughs> We're also waiting for our bonus checks. <laughs> love that movie. Man. Yeah, oh, we can start great. quoting that movie now. It's yeah. past Thanksgiving. Roll up. <laughs> Roll up. For, for me, I got I to gotta go with Nightmare Before Christmas every year. Oh, I love Nightmare Before Christmas. We can watch it on Halloween and Christmas. So. Exactly. Dual, dual and you movie. can watch it, it in between. Yeah. You can watch it whenever you want. Or, really. yeah, yeah. Hocus <laughs> Pocus. For some reason, Hocus Pocus feels like a, a Christmas I'm not movie. a Hocus Pocus kind of guy. That was always a Halloween movie. That's not a Christmas It is movie. Halloween, but it feels like Christmas to me. I, I watched it on what. Halloween. I don't know. I never watched it on Christmas. Never watched it Watch it on Christmas, then tell me how you feel. I do that. Die Hard <laughs> is a Christmas movie. Die Hard is probably the greatest Christmas <laughs> film of all time. And I mean, of <laughs> all time. Hans Gruber. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what better have, uh, way to celebrate Christmas than yeah. shooting Alan that, Rickman? That was uh, Alan Rickman. And then you have Carl was, from Family Matters down there eating Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think right. his roles ever changed yeah. in any of those movies. But, Get uh, out of my house, Steve! <laughs> I mean, he's known for two things. And yeah, that, that is. That was, there were two big things. <laughs> uh, as long as it's paying the bills still. Yeah. It probably is. It's man. still paying the bills. I think probably. Paying no, I think I he's still know. alive. He's still alive. Those but, um, kept him alive, man. But yeah, uh, that was actually Alan preserved. Rickman's first major film, well, first movie that he ever did was that movie. He, he was a stage actor. And like when they were casting for it, they wanted unlikely people... They didn't want. Well, actually, they just didn't want to pay the fucking price for like, you yeah, know, right. yeah. So you just praise it. And, and Bruce yeah. Willis was was just kind of an up and coming actor, right? He'd had Moonlight going on with you know, yeah. on the TV show Moonlighting, movie. and they're like, oh, you're gonna make that guy the action hero? Come on. <laughs> which, which, which he like 
ended up just jumping into it and being the perfect kind. Con- yeah, you know, the whole movie was just kind of the, the, the five perfect. five movies later. Yeah, five movies later, and Bruce and Willis being a, a major action star. Oh, no, they're probably still gonna do them. It's it's. Hey man, why not? Dude? Give why us not? another Christmas one though. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you uh, let's have a let's have a around. let's yeah. have a whole circle and go back to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. back to Nakatomi Towers. And then back then, to Nakatomi Towers. <laughs> and that means eventually Die Hard. Die Hard. The end. Nakatomi. Nakatomi crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. And then we get we, back around. You're listening to us, Hollywood. We're fucking making your money over here, all right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm just I'm saying, give cut. us a call. Yeah. We'll work out. We'll negotiate. We got the whole story. Hey, man, we laugh, but Alan Rickman was one of my favorite actors, man. He's I love Alan Rickman. I loved him. My favorite was always his, his bit as the sheriff of Nottingham and Kevin Costner's point where he's like he's sitting there and they're like he's like I'm gonna cut his heart out with a spoon and, and his, <laughs> like his sick. henchman's like why, why a spoon? spoon he's like cause it hurts more <laughs> see my favorite man you're gonna laugh at me man 38 years old and I'm gonna be a nerd for a minute Severus Snape, man. Man, oh god, Harry Potter, <laughs> oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't was, think Harry Potter would have been that successful that never without been. that kind of villain. This is yeah, he did kind of make the dude. I like Tim Burton more, man. Yeah. Perfect choice for that guy. Oh, dude. Yeah, that was. Kind of, yeah, that <laughs> I heard was a story about him, man, where um, a kid came to the set. And I, the kid was sick, and um, he came over with his whole Snape outfit on, mm-hmm. and he yelled at the director <laughs> in full like voice Character, and everything. Yeah. Why is he not in the movie? And they actually put him as an extra. Nice. The movie. Yeah, that's so, pretty close. You know, respect on that. <laughs> yeah, respect. Alan Rickman, uh, uh, great loss. Uh, I actually liked him in, uh, in an off kind of offbeat movie. He was the owner of CBGBs. He played in that movie, that docudrama. I didn't watch that. You should watch that. It's great. He does a great job. Like the guy, CBGBs being the club that broke, you know, all the great, you know, 80s bands like the Ramones and oh, Talking yeah. Heads and, and Blondie. Text and, that to me after this, yeah. man. I'll watch it. It's great. He does a great job in it. Dog, dogma, of course. Dogma. <laughs> you know, the wienerless, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, There's entity. Alan Rickman films that we're forgetting about, I'm sure. No, oh, he was probably yeah. awesome in that we're like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot he was there. There's, there's tons of them, man. But, I mean, dude, that's how memorable he is, man. I mean, yeah. he set the bar for villains. He definitely <laughs> did. Um, and he was the nicest dude, man, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's what people say. And they actually got into acting kind of like later. Like he didn't like act through till like until like he got into his forties actually or something. Oh, nice. I think Samuel Jackson was like that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, well, he yeah, was busy he was smoking a lot of crack <laughs> in, the, in the early days. He was getting I mean, actually, what, sure. what he did that. when he played the the, the, the crackhead and do the right thing and <laughs> Spike Lee's do the right thing. He just like cleaned up and got off crack. He, he played a drug addict in uh, Goodfellas too. No, no. Was it Goodfellas? No. Well, he he played the stick up man in Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. He was the guy. <laughs> I who, that. He, he's the guy yeah. Rob McDowell's. See, I didn't know he had a drug problem. Yeah, he had a drug problem, and that was he did that, and then Spike Lee hooked him up and do the right thing. I think he was in Goodfellas, man. No, no, no. You're no. thinking of, you're totally thinking of somebody else. Stax Stax was not Samuel L. Jackson. Was he not? No. No, that Stacks, was, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that's not. It wasn't him. I know what you're thinking of, but no, it wasn't him. But but when he brought him in, they're I'm like, "You actually remember the dude's name, right?" I know. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's how many times I've watched the fucking movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like the hoof. It's a, it's it's the hoof. The hoof. Are you sure that wasn't him? It's not him. I'm gonna you look, it look, up. look it up. I, I gotta look. You it up. can Google that shit right now. And then we're tying it all together because then he ended up in the third Die Hard. That's right. right. He did. Yeah. And and you know and turned out to be one of the great American actors. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. I was gonna call you an asshole. Snakes on a plane, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that 
goes back to an earlier podcast. Yeah. He was in, oh, see, uh, we got a whole circle going on. I mean, was it a negotiator? Is he in negotiator? I don't know. And it was Stax, yeah? Stax was the, yeah, the, the character. Dude, Samuel L. Jackson. No shit, was it? Yeah. Ah. Oh, really? Man. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. Damn. Dude, well, call like, me out. And we've learned uh, something. Now we learned right. something today. <laughs> and that's what this is all about. It is. It's all about yeah. learning. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Good night. That was good. No. <laughs> See that's you next it. week with who played what. We just wanted to figure out what Samuel Jackson was. Thank you, was Google, for straightening, straightening that out. <laughs> Man, he's really been in everything. He's really yeah. been in everything. Just like snuck in a whole least. lot of shit. I like that new commercial he's in, man, where he's uh saying he's like, uh, am I off the naughty list? Santa's like, Did you are you off the naughty words? And he's like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking his head no. You're not off the list. <laughs> oh yeah, man. If he's not saying some I mean, that's just, but, you know, you have to say that, you know, you know, he's definitely weaves a tapestry of oh, yeah. he's curse words. The, the best pronunciation of motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just go ahead. If there was a dialect like, of just that. Now, what I want you to do is reach in that bag and <laughs> get that and give me my wallet back. Well, which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> oh, Did man. you think... Marsalis was a bitch. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna get me watching so many movies this week. Oh, then why man. are you fucking him like one? <laughs> That's he is great. The best, That's a great line. And then you watch him as Mace Windu and Star Wars. Mace Windu, yeah. <laughs> and you're waiting for the profanity. Yeah, like, come on. Out as the movie goes on. <laughs> you know, how the fuck are you? Yeah. You know, no, it's not happening. It's like but, you want to hear him like, Psh! all right, motherfucker. Come on, bring that shit. <laughs> this show's you ready? The for Emperor. Kids. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not for kids. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, all right. I got to tell my kids to turn off the podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't listen to the cussing. <laughs> man. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's. Uh... Oh, yeah. We're talking, we're talking about being a bouncer. Yeah, yeah we were talking about. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah we were. Yeah, we're we? This is kind of how it goes. We were very serious in the no, beginning, and now we are like. Well, I mean, ninety-eight percent of the time you're a bouncer, you laugh. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm sure you yeah. just see some idiot shit. I know, dude. We had this guy come in, and he came in all calm and collected. Had to be six foot three, probably three something. Just a big dude. He wasn't that kind of fat. He was like, just like butter bean. He was, yeah. he was fat, but he wasn't just fat. He was just naturally you know? fat. Yeah. And he comes in, and the bartender comes over, and he's like, "Hey, Jared, this uh, guy is like threatening to punch this other guy." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I looked at him. He looked totally calm, and I was like, "All right, let's go." take care of, you know, you know, the giant over here. So we went over there. I went to talk to him. By the time I got over there, he had turned around and just cold cocked this one dude. Busted his <laughs> nose everywhere. It took four of us to take him down. Shit. Right? And I was the smallest guy. And I'm 220 myself. So I'm over here. And this guy, has, we have one arm behind his back. And he does a one-arm push-up with all of us on him. I'm just like, fuck it. Let him have the drinks. Just let him go back to the bar. I'm done. We ended up getting him out. We handcuffed him. We had to use two sets. But... Put him on the stretcher because he, he, he passed out. I, I, yeah. You know, so I don't, know what, I don't know what happened. You're not going to fireman carry him. <laughs> <laughs> but we get him out there and he peed all the way across the oh, dance floor. Oh, man. That's the worst. <laughs> well, that's when you get scared because you're like, shit. Yeah. Is he dead? Is he dead? So we get, him out to the, we get him out to the ambulance and they put him on the stretcher and everything. They're like, we're going to take his handcuffs off. And we're like, you have don't no do that. idea. Don't do that. <laughs> so they end up, they put the key in. They're about to turn it. And the guy starts jerking everywhere. I'm like, we're going to leave him in. I was like, just. 
bring me the cuffs back later. Yeah, never yeah, got them back, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so some paramedics carrying a pair like of black pants. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, they yeah. got pee on him anyway. <laughs> the cop said the, uh, when he got up the next morning after you know having no IVs and hydrated things like that, he was the nicest guy in the world. Didn't have no idea. Just, probably you know, when he gets to that drunk, point, and you're, says he doesn't drink much. Blackout. I can see that. Maybe you shouldn't drink that much anymore. <laughs> In fact, let's just come and get doesn't, some tea. Doesn't seem like your yeah. thing. Oh man, that dude just needs some woosa. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You can't just be addicted to caffeine or something. <laughs> hey man, yeah. stick with the coffee, buddy. Yeah, stick with it. But hell yeah, man. Um, so yeah, you get to basically learn how to read people. Yeah, working yeah, the sure of it. Bar. Yeah, uh, as, as being in the military, the, <laughs> yeah. we have been, I've been the result of, I've never been personally kicked out of a bar, but I've been the result of getting kicked out of bars, the people of, that around you, yes. That has happened a lot, <laughs> and had people I, that have been, I, been didn't want to yeah, wait in line get for the, the bathroom. Uh, get the, so no, man! <laughs> like, you're on the other side <laughs> of the bar, they're like waving at you, <laughs> and then they're like, what? And they're like, you see, they like your buddy, like get yeah, drugged out the bar. You're gets like, kicked ah, out. come on. Somebody man. always gets kicked out. And sometimes <laughs> God damn it, I was too. having a good time. Okay, the best of the couple. The fuck is wrong throw with you? Either the the girl or the guy or whatever. Oh yeah. And I'm like, well, my girlfriend or my boyfriend, whatever, inside the bar, and I'm like, all right, where were you? What are they wearing? I'll go find them. You go up there, and I was like, excuse me, I'm like she got kicked out again, did she? I was like, you need a pager, man. <laughs> Just make things simpler. But yeah, this is one of my friends. He, uh, you know, getting kicked out of a bar because he didn't want to wait in line for. He was like, he was a hilarious guy. He was a shit show when he gets drunk. Uh, so he starts pissing in the corner of the bar, and bouncer walks <laughs> get you up. Th- I get you thrown out. <laughs> bouncer walks up, hits him on the shoulder. He thinks it's one of us, and he's like, "Fuck off!" We done in a minute, and all I see is him getting dragged out. By two pouncers, like one of them's got him picked up, and he's just screaming, "See you next Tuesday! See you next Tuesday!" <laughs> See, it goes back to Tuesday. <laughs> Watch the tinkle. Yeah. It goes back to Tuesday. It goes back to Tuesday. <laughs> it always does, buddy. Always does. We were in a field mission in the military. It was like a training up, and we hadn't had our little off time. And you see what happens when that happens. So he ended up passed out in the middle of the tent, in his sleeping bag, leaned up against one of the posts. And we were camped out. We were set up at the bottom of the hill because our commander was a retard. So there was water world happening in the middle of the tent <laughs> when I woke up the next morning. And he was still dead asleep in, like, ass-high water because he's fucking half laying down. I don't think I saw Kevin Costner float by. Well, I don't know. It was fun, though. Yeah. When I, was, when I went to uh, – we went to NTC, and we were, like, part of Op 4 in the, in the, the desert oh, that's of California. We were Op 4, <laughs> so we'd, like, go set up all the bullshit and come back and, like, hang yeah, out so gar- garrison village. for, like, a day or so. And, well, our day off, we'd run off and get fucked up in the well, – Fort Owens. Fort Owens in the middle of the fucking desert. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> So we just get drunk in this park, and, and one night I get back from, you know, drinking in the park, and I crawl into my cot. We're living in kind of like old school. I love how drinking in the park was normal. It was normal. Nobody cared. I'll see you, dude. Look and, at so, so we, I get back, and, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just communal fucking barracks. And I get in my cot, and my squad leader is probably like about three or four cots away, and he's got a wall locker. And I kind of settle in and lay down, and... I hear this guy come in about half shit faced. This one of the one of the guys who worked in the motor pool, one of the mechanics, England, and he opens up the wall, opens up the my platoon sergeant's wall locker and starts pissing in it. <laughs> and I hear good. my squad leader laying there, and he's my, my platoon sergeant laying there. He's like, "Hey, hey," he's like, "What?" He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "I'm taking a pee." He's like, "You're pissing in my wall locker." He's like, "No, I'm not. I'm in the bathroom." He's like. 
no, the fuck you're not. <laughs> Probably like he like finishes up and just goes over and fucking passes out on his cot. <laughs> and I'm just laying and I start like chuckling and Sergeant Hall's like, shut up, Heaton. <laughs> I'm just like, you would be the one to laugh. Like, so the next morning I get up, you know, and I see England out there and he's like got the whole wall locker outside the, oh, the barracks man. and uh, washing all of his clothes. That's so gross. <laughs> and I just walk by and I look at Sergeant Hall and I was like, you all right, my book, buddy? Because <laughs> you could like bust in his ass, you know? Because he was like an E four like motor pool guy. <laughs> Man, I thought about I thought about going military back when I was younger. It just didn't work out, you know. Um, but I listen to some of you guys' stories. I'm like, oh, uh, it's just insanity uh, and retardedness. Uh, a lot of it is, yeah. There's there's some fun when I was actually in the military, and a lot of the fun was just like when you're off right. for the evening yeah. and for the evening. <laughs> Because it's really, just like you work a lot. Like, so most of your time you're gone a lot, too. So when you're back, you kind of, you know, you go hard. Yeah, yeah. You you're know? like, we're, how long will we be here? So, as a bouncer, I would like to apologize right, for whatever military member has made your job more difficult. Because I guarantee you it's happened before. <laughs> they show up. I can think about 10 right now. But. And, then, and they're always like, no, bro. Cause I, said, we're in the army, man. What the fuck, bro? And you're like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> hey, listen, man, we had this one guy that said he was a SEAL. Whether it was uh, true or not. It's always SEAL or Special Forces, forces yeah. or that's a common one, yeah. which, you know, and they're like, uh, Rangers. Yeah. They're, they're, they're supply. But I, I have to disagree with that he was one <laughs> as quickly as I took him down. Yeah. <laughs> and he was sober. I was just like, like but I he need kept to going up to, your to the first closed sergeant. floors. Yeah. Yeah, he just rode the elevator like he owned this yeah. place. And I was just like, dude, you told you once, so now you're going to have to go. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. And he's like, take off these cuffs so I can break your neck. And I'm like, shut up. There's inspiration. <laughs> I'm never, motivated I, to take these cuffs off now. I've never inflated myself as, as far as my military career no. goes. You yeah. know, and I'm like, no. Listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. know the difference That's if like, he was or was not. I was like, I built... You know, I was a carpentry masonry guy. Yeah, yeah construction, transportation. Guy. Hey, man, listen, so, I have high respect for anybody who who serve, but I yeah. mean, but still the same bullshit. Because they always tell you, like, well, everybody's eleven Bravo. Well, when, <laughs> but when you come when you come into an I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> when you come into an establishment, I mean, regardless of what you've done, you still got to act accordingly. You know? Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, put your big boy pants that's on. A, that's what just, I said. Uh, but honestly, like the, uh, the combat arms people, like I got along with them, like almost better than I did with the other people that were in like similar fields. Cause they were the people like, they yeah. were not like, you would think that they would be like, they're like, Ooh, I'm, you know, I'm this or that. That's why I'm kind of like, eh. Cause knowing and meeting those people, like, I, I haven't, I've met maybe one that, that would have acted like that. All of them are on the opposite yeah. end. They don't really talk, you know, they just. Like, hey, you know, they seem really right. humble and everything. That's yeah. like, oh, but there are towns that in Afghanistan that don't exist because of, because of like, us. <laughs> but right. it's just like you wouldn't, right. you wouldn't know. And it. you know, even but it's like, the guys that don't gloat about it, right. those are yeah. the ones that, right? I mean, and even I'm like, dude, respect yeah. for what you do, but I don't need to know. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the past they like it, but we're the quiet person in yeah. the room. I'm like, that's the person that's got some shit going. But you like, know, when uh, the Chinese triad goes at the yakuza, it's yeah. the guy in the white suit in the background you don't want to mess with. Always is. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I mean, even you know, inside of like you know the, the the kind of work that we did inside the army, we were good cover for like you know special operations. 
sure. like they would send us and they're like, oh, look, we're doing a humanitarian effort. We're building desks that's, for yeah, kids. Yeah, I was about to say that. We're that's building the, desks for kids. The only time. Uh, we're cleaning up the streets and helping the people while, you know, special forces would sit out there and gather yeah. information, you know. And convenient, your, your <laughs> humanitarian sense. mission. And people are like, oh, they're, they're, the they're, public, yeah. they're public relations. I was like, no, they're not. It's like you're fucking crazy. I figured that out when I started, like, when you start looking at the news yeah. and like other things yeah. that are going on, and then figure out what country you're in, and mm-hmm. then what's going on there, and like, ooh, like that's yeah. why we're over here donating. Because like, even stuff even to the like local when army. we were in Haiti, we got they drug us into, they we went and we were cleaning the streets up, and they they brought us into this area that was like a known to them a hot area, so they could gather information, and like we're there for probably about four hours, like cleaning out gutters and shit, and all of a sudden firefight <laughs> breaks out. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, before that, the foreshadow on this is I'm sitting there with my friend, and he's like, he's like, man, that E6 is young. I was like, these guys are special forces. He's like, there's nobody yeah. below E6. Yeah, no, in the special true. forces. And he's like, have you <laughs> seen any? I was like, have you seen a lieutenant running around here? They're all fucking captains and fucking, and they're they're our age. He's like, no, they're not special forces. And then yeah. we start taking fire, and you just saw them, man. Here you guys get in your truck. There was a pop, 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 pop. They laid fire down, and we left. See, for me, you know? I always wanted to do interrogations. Yeah. You know, well, that makes sense. That's, that's, that's what I want. But yeah. they would sit out there with pamphlets and have a crowd of people around them and just shit. be taking notes. Like, who's this? You know that you guys know this guy. You know this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, just gathering information. It's just nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I always wanted to be the guy if I did ever join the military, or even if I was able to give a like. You know, so, so you're saying you may be into waterboarding? <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you know what, man? You like you like you like car batteries and jumper yeah. cables. I <laughs> I am not I'm not one of the naive people that understand that the majority of information we gather is taken willingly. Yeah, yeah you know, true. I'm not one of those, huh. and I'm thankful for. Like I said, no matter what side of the fence you're on, I'm thankful for the protection my government gives me. You know, yes. and um, when I say my government, I mean you guys, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not. Yeah, government yeah. kind of. If, if it goes the way it's going to go, it's going to kind of suck for us. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, I always have respect for people who are willing to protect people they well, don't know, and yeah. we may need to, you know, because I've told like people the part that's like it is down to the individual person that makes that decision to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It's a collective, like mindless group or anything right. like that. Like, and, then, no. and, I, and I've said it before. I was like, you know. You know, I took an oath that I would protect this country, you know, from threats foreign and domestic. And I, I really still feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? I it's like, like I may I not be like part of the military. I'm not part of the military right, right now, yeah, but I still feel is, the same way. You know, it's preferable and, over foreign, but it's not right. preferable in any aspect. And, in you know, and if so it's not picking up a gun, it's speaking my voice. You know, that's the way. That's the best way to do it. Sometimes it's more powerful. Yeah, it is. You can reach more people that way. Yeah. Definitely. So, Definitely. so that's kind of the way I look at it, like what I do, what we do with this podcast. I look at it as just kind of my way of, you know, doing my part as an American to, yeah, you know, you say hey, don't, don't you don't have to agree with it, but no. don't make up your own. Don't don't let the media tell you what what's yeah, right. Yeah, don't let somebody else because you're, you're a dumbass yeah. if you do. Well, you know that, that's interesting. <laughs> I always tell people when they say, hey, "Who'd you vote for?" I won't. I don't talk about it. I say. You vote for what is best for you and your family. Right. That's who you vote for. Right. Yeah. So, like, when I when I see people like country music singers and, uh, you know, certain wrestling actors, celebrities, <laughs> I don't want to mention names. You do a celebrity death match over country there. country singers. <laughs> they get on here and they start saying, well, we endorse so-and-so. 
Right. Don't do that because you're swaying the opinions of people who are not educating Keep themselves on what's best for their Right. They're families. only going, going, they're making well, a decision Cardi based B off likes of what Joe. you think. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's just like, like The Rock and Taylor yeah. Swift. Oh, they like Biden, so right. I'm going to like Biden. Right. But they don't know one thing about what Biden that or Trump can do for them. What they know as a celebrity, this is going to gain me popularity because they're a celebrity because that's their fucking job. That's their yeah. business. So don't be surprised if they only do things that has a positive <laughs> yeah. impact on their business. It's not like they made an, a, real, a real emotional choice right. or well, anything. Well, that's, that's I when I lose respect. I mean, right. like, I was, a huge, I was a huge fan of, uh, you know, like The Rock and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, like The Rock, too. I, I wish he wouldn't have taken a position. Well, that's just He it. shouldn't have. You that's know? Just yeah. I don't think anybody in their position should take, take a position. position. Exactly. And, and that's what I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like, that's why I always tell people, don't worry about who I voted for. Mm. I voted for who's best for, for me and my family. Right. You vote for who's best for you and your. Yeah, friend. I agree. Yeah. yeah, because you're never going to get a president who's going to reach everybody. You're just no. not. It's not. There's possible. too many people. There's too many. That, that's why I think um, over the past four years, one of the better things that's happened is it. it I think it's kind of made people understand that you have to pay more attention to local and state politics. Right. That's it's where you really that, make the difference. It took a lot of people who were apolitical and didn't give a shit before, and they were just wondering why things right. weren't the way they wanted them to be. And I was like, well, it's because like the things that affect you and your community are all done by that. It doesn't. It right. matters who the president is, but it doesn't matter Either. to you like as far as the impact right. it's going to have to you as much as then, you know who runs the area you live in like and, said, and like sometimes i really think like like, like you know even trump kind of proved that program that point too with you know like you know when all the rioting and everything was going on and and basically you know he was a federalist about it he's like states take care of states yeah mm-hmm. cities take care of cities right and if you want my help, that's what the federal government's for. I'll give you help if you ask for it. But it's not my position to, to interfere in your, your politics or your, your city. Absolutely. I'm here for support. If you want my support, I'll give you support. But if you fucking ignore me after I pleaded with you to, not, to allow this to stop and give you know, peace to your citizens, I'm just going to wait. I and that's, that's the federalist way. See... What, what always bothers me about like elections and you know anything like that is is people who are speaking for the people have never fucking met me, so they right. don't know what I need. They yeah. don't know what my family needs. Right. And every individual needs something different. Right. You know, right. um, it could be money. It could be that we could all right. fall into that category. But everybody needs. And then a it comes amount. back down to They're, like you know you, you know, make your real difference inside your local government. And and, and that's you know? the thing is and, and it, I if you want things that, that affect you directly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can look at Mayor Cooper when, you know, as soon as the pandemic hits, he tells everybody he's going to hike their taxes, 30, their property taxes, 34%. Then it goes to the commission and they say, oh, we should do better than that and go 37. Well, and then we're going to shut down all these businesses and break the economy. So, you know, I always go back to that saying, it takes a village, man. Yeah, it it does. does. It always does. It's, it's the three of us right now getting together, talking about it. And it's out of, out of all this stuff we're spitting out an ideal pop up right you know and things like that but you've got to like i want somebody who understands what it's like to be broke i want somebody who understands how screwed you can get by financial aid oh, through yeah. college yeah. you know i don't want people who I mean, have their colleges paid for and come from rich families I, you don't right. know me you right. can't you can't I talk about that. the lower to middle class and and the people who are homeless if you've never been on that brink 
Right. You know, so I totally agree with that. It, it, it's it's rough, and I mean, I mean, I always I, say Trump did a lot of good things. His ego got him in office. His ego got him out of office. You know, Biden. We're, we're hoping. Well, you're not going to have either of those yeah. things, but you're basically going to have just someone who's kind of it's it's what some people you know wanted the, the establishment Democrat that would not really make any waves and would just kind of go along with whatever the the narrative is supposed to be. And let's be honest, we're voting for Harris. We're not voting for Biden. Right. Biden's not going to stay in that office long. No. And Harris will no. take over. But I let's mean, hope that she. And, and and here's the thing, and I say this, and obviously on record. Whoever is there is my president. That's who I have to follow yeah, because right. they're re- leading my country. But and I will support them until they give me a reason not to. Right. Yeah. And and, and I feel like uh, I, I feel that's not going to take very long. No. Um, but I just feel like they're just going to line I'll up the same. I, I'll give them. I, I will give them their shake. But I just feel like it's just going to be the same old. Back well, to I, back I to the, now, the standard I think it goes politics. Back to that vicious cycle. The vicious we cycle about and, earlier. Well, like, now now we're going to get to see all these these ideas lived out. You know, all these these great progressive ideas that are kind of going to be cast to the wayside because all it was was to get votes and to, talk. was to win the election. I feel like it was well, a, that's all be, it was let's about. Be honest, what's going to happen here is everything that uh, Obama did, Trump went over. Everything Trump did, oh, Biden's going to go over. Yeah, and just he's going to. They're going to just keep turning yeah. it in circles. Man. Yeah. And he's going to go try to undo stuff where and this crowd gets great programs and money's going to change hands and oh, nobody's yeah. ever going to see it. Where this crowd gets taken care of, this crowd's going to lose something. Where this right. crowd loses something, this crowd's going to be like, this is the best president ever. Right. Right. You know, and it's always going to be like that. We're always going to be divided. There is. There's always like 20% of people who, no matter what, are going to like or hate what's going on. Everyone else is kind of in the middle. That's why politics and religions, man, that's, that's just the toughest. <laughs> it's the toughest. It's it a, is, those yeah. are the toughest conversations to have. Oh, yeah. They're the, well, those are the ultimate big... definition of segregation. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I mean, forget but racism. But I man. think I, mean, honestly, I think I really racism, think that should politics just... and religion. Yeah. We're all segregated anyway. Yeah, I, I really yeah. think it, life being you know, about ideas. Yeah, and that's these are the kind of the big ideas or the big you know issues and problems right. and ideas that we have to figure out and solve. And that's it creates conflict. Right. Anything that's worth talking about creates conflict. But you know, my biggest thing is is with with you know the climate that they that you know was pushed on us is this whole thing that you know the, the racist thing just drove me fucking crazy oh, yeah. oh, everybody's everybody if you're white you're it's a fucking so racist it's if you're so a white male you are the worst racist well, you know I, and I, I thought to myself and I'm like no I, I really like to think of myself as a pretty good person who wakes up in the morning and like tries to treat people with respect and you know, I hold the door. It for It seems people, like they're making you know? a claim about people <laughs> and then, that they don't really understand because they don't really. Understand. Well, and which what, really what just I understand from my genetics is I'm Native American and and Mexican mostly. I think there's like Norwegian in there. And some, I'm white because Italian doesn't count anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you guys. What? I'm an American. <laughs> I tell you, like, I'm, I'm an American. Well, when it comes down, to, well, the reason I say that is because I had a conversation. We spoke about yeah. this before. Yeah. I had a conversation with this, um, yeah. and uh, and he called himself a Black American minutes yeah okay and um anyway we sat down and 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 i met him at uh juneteenth yeah you know and we started talking and everything and he started saying well you you're native american and mexican so you understand what we're talking about and i was like i i get the principle of what you're talking about and i get the foundation but no i don't understand because i've i've been thrown down on the 
pavement by police officers thinking I stole my mom's car because she drove a Lexus yeah, when sure. I drove it, it, it here's a here's a Mexican kid with tattoos yeah, yeah. a mohawk and a bandana like, hey, yeah, come yeah on. so <laughs> obviously I stole it yeah you know? my, my dad said he's sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we got down to it and and here's what it boiled down to I said here's the problem and I'm not I don't want to say the kid's name but here's the problem is you get you get this demographic that blames you for this. That your demographic right. blames them for. This. And what you get is just hateful bullshit getting thrown at each other's directions, which means nobody's listening. Right. That's yeah, the that's problem. Yeah. That's it. So yes, everybody has a valid point. They have a point. They have a point. Everybody has a point, but nobody's in the middle actually processing this information, well, yeah. listening. Because, like you said, when so, everybody's yelling, nobody's right. listening. Correct. And I've said that before too. It's like, it's like if we're at each other's throat, we're not paying attention to what nope. the what the people when you who make, are in charge of us. Anytime you make a decision under duress or when you're angry or anything like that, it's never a great decision, is it? Like, it's no. never. A good uh, I've, I've said some horrible things to people that I. That's I've not when you're later that's regretted. Racial slur. Because I look like a Middle Eastern. So <laughs> they can just naturally <laughs> people come up to me like. You know, sand no, like, and they throw some coke. Like if you hold, if you hold up the chart, some Reagan, brother. that's it. Like if you hold up the chart, you're, like, you're right in the uh, middle. You're right in the middle of the chart. That means you can be anything. Like they, you can just, they can just pick something. Like pick a country. Well, here's the thing, man. It's just like that's what I want in a leader. I want a listener. I don't want a talker. I want a listener and a doer. Yeah, that's what I want. Right. Fair a, enough. Yeah. A, a, a yeah. talker. A, listen, man. We've all heard shit talk. We've all been bullied. Yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. somebody's been the bully. Yeah. But I'm saying. If you're talking, you're not listening, and if you're just talking, you're not doing. I want a listener and a doer. That's yeah. what I want. I agree. I don't, I, agree. I, don't yeah. you, I don't need to hear you talk shit anymore. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for time. action. Shit man. talk time is Let's done. Let's do it. Yeah. Do it. I'll be there to stand with talk you. Talk time is over. Right. And that's exactly. not to say that there doesn't need to be discussion and there doesn't need to be subtlety and nuance to things, and we don't need to sit down and have long discussions about things. But what that means is that at some point, when you say you do have to fucking. Shit or get off the pot and actually do something. Because well, there's only so much that, you know. And if you stand for a just cause, I will stand with you. Right. I agree. I Bottom will line, I don't 100%. Care. I don't 100%. care what color but, but you are, stand, I will stand but, with you. But what do we, you know, stand for a just cause? Does that mean just go out and proclaim it and then do something else, you know, on your, you know. No, I want somebody no. who legitimately wants to make change for the good. The protesting, listen, that was opportunist. I, I don't need any of that. Yeah. If you want to stand... For hours, if you want to fight, whatever it may be, I will stand and fight with you if you are doing it for the right reasons. Right. Well, I think that's part of the issue. What we've and if seen you is understand the reasons. Well, yeah, is that what we've seen? Is people who are doing things that they think are for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we hope, aren't. but um, you know, we want to. We're getting kind of down to the last two minutes of this little podcast that we did tonight. We want to thank Dr. Jared Rogers for coming out and joining us. Newly anointed Dr. Jared Rogers. Yeah. Um, He's doing great things with with people who are fighting with addiction. If you're interested, maybe you should reach out to him. I don't know how you can. Uh, Facebook is at Hallowed Truth and Instagram is at Hallowed underscore Truth. There you go. And so, I do, I do if you're interested in maybe telling nice. your story about your battle with addiction, you should reach out to him, or you can reach out to us on the Here It Is podcast page on Facebook, and then we will direct you to him, and we will get you in touch <laughs> with him. But uh, great podcast. We thank Jared for joining us tonight. Yeah, that was great. Um, we should do like an after hours thing. Like this is the serious yeah, one. This we is the do, serious like, an after one. Hours one where we just it got it, it got serious shit. in the beginning, and then it kind of broke up and got a little goofy there for a minute. No, it was fine. It was yeah, fine. <laughs> you know, you're having a good <laughs> conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
It's it's yeah, our I little to come back and do it again, man. Yeah, definitely. Great. We love a you know it's our little home brewed podcast. We do it for fun. When it's not fun, we'll probably still do it. <laughs> You're saying you'll do it for money too? <laughs> well, if you want to donate money, there is a PayPal account set up. Feel yeah. free to drop. Look, it. we're not asking for charity, but we do accept donations. So. Nice. Thank you. I do want to uh, mention this real fast because I see we have one minute left. Yeah. Uh, I did partner up with the Blue Heart of Blue Hearts of Hope Foundation. Okay, they awesome. are on Facebook. Uh, Blue Hearts of Hope Foundation. And if you guys want to know what, more about what we're doing, please check out their page. They're the ones that have come on board and really partnered up with me and pushed me to get oh, out there and cool. get things awesome. going. Yeah. So, awesome. So check cool. out the Blue Heart Foundation. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you, Jared, for joining us. Yeah, Jason, yeah, as awesome. always. And from Here It Is Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace.